That's what a mom sense is a show that is informative, engaging, and inclusive. So it makes perfect sense to not discount the dads in our audience. Here to shed light on a father's perspective is my co-host, Michael Perry, founder of Maple, a parenting app with a mission to create a support system for families so the days are manageable, daily tasks are checked off, and there's harmony in your household. Michael is a trailblazer in tech and is a loving husband and devoted father to his two boys. Together, we bring you a special monthly series called What What Matters Matters Most with Maple. When I became a dad, I wondered where my dad groups at. I made it my life mission to provide parents with the support they needed to best take care of their families and want to make sure all perspectives in the parental experience are equal and fair. So moms, dads, and everyone in your village, be sure to tune in to What Matters Most with Maple on That Total Mom Sense each month. We've We've got got you. Parents everywhere are feeling stuck from the monotony of the pandemic, which has been dragging on for over two years, to just feeling burnt out. We are child rearers, caregivers, career professionals, home chefs, cleaners, chauffeurs, and more. At times, it feels we're just spinning our wheels. Today, we're going to be speaking with Abby Schiller, who has a roadmap and strategy for getting unstuck and manifesting a life you love. Abby Schiller is a professional goal coach, helping women and men level up their lives to live with more intention, self-awareness, and joy. She is the creator of The Visioning Course, a revolutionary goal-setting workshop that helps people take an honest look at the results in their lives and decide what and how they want to change. It is the only course that can provide the ongoing life coaching support and accountability to help people make those changes. For the past eight years, through this course, she has taught hundreds of people the science-backed skill set to shift mindset, achieve differently, change self-sabotaging habits and behaviors, overcome fears and obstacles, and shed limiting beliefs. She brings her own 12-year experience as the CEO and founder of The Mother Company, an Emmy-winning family media company, which she still oversees, and previously as a VP-level executive in public relations and brand strategy to her clients, which she coaches one-on-one and in group settings. Abby, welcome to What Matters Most with Maple. Hi, so happy to be here. We're excited. I feel really, really tired. I woke up Mm -hmm. at 3 a.m. and got to work. I just bored through emails and all the different task items I uh, didn't get done through the week. Then in the morning, had a uh, wake up the kids. I mean, we have a really lengthy morning routine where they're doing affirmations and push-ups and have like a four-course breakfast (laughs) and then drop them off to school. Uh, My husband and I had a counseling session, which I took from the parking lot of Target. Then I went in, got a gift that I have to give my daughter's friend uh, for her birthday on Sunday, and then came here. And I mean, I feel like I've already had like two days worth. And ah, it's, that sounds um, like a lot. Yeah, yeah it's, it's only 1140. <laughs> in the East Coast. So what you're describing is two things. You're describing the math of what you actually did, the time you woke up, the number of items that you accomplished, the all of the steps that you took. And you're also telling me underneath that the mental drama of all of that. 
the heaviness of it, the expectation of it, the weight and the feeling that it's never enough. I'm tired just just hearing it for you. That's a that's a a long, heavy morning. Yeah. But tell me, I mean, you can feel free to share and get vulnerable too. How are you doing? This is probably the last three months have been like the first time in my life I feel like a bit in like survivor mode. I, I think if you look at like if you zoom out the last like 20 years of my life, it's been like a full steam, full throttle, relentless uphill climb. And I always was somebody who kind of like took a step back uh, very consciously and like wanted to work on myself and figure out, you know, what should I be doing to get better and overanalyzing myself. And the last, like I said, three months, I have a five month old baby. I have a two year old baby. I have a one year old company. Uh, My wife and I have a house under construction. We're also rebuilding a house that we lost to a natural disaster, all kind of simultaneously. And so Every day, you know, like Hanukkah, my, my son is four, I just turned five months old. You know, he got up at 4.45 this morning. So I'm, I'm four hours into my own day. And it's the first time in a long time, I just like don't have the energy or bandwidth to like self-improve. Kind of sitting at the bottom of the U a little bit where I just need to kind of like try, I'm desperately trying to recharge my batteries and just not recharging. Now, again, coming from a place of like high gratitude, yeah. super happy but like it's like un, it's like foreign territory to me to be like I'm just gonna try to sit here and try to be okay with like maybe not being the best version of myself maybe sit here and try to be okay with the fatigue and the exhaustion and maybe this, this is, maybe, is the best version of yourself maybe you're actually like yeah the maybe. fact that you're functioning with so little <laughs> like you True. are how incredibly capable you are maybe that's a that's a super valid point yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's hard to describe because it sounds so negative to say, you know, looking towards the light at the end of the tunnel, because that's not a really fair thing to say. But certainly as a parent, outside of an executive and outside of everything else that I do, I battle with like wanting to get to like sleep training and get my kids on like a regime and feeling guilty about not being present with like where they're at right now in their life cycle. The thought that it's just so much makes it even more. Mm-hmm. The thought yeah. that it is just so much makes it even more because as I'll go through with you, our thoughts create the results and how we experience the circumstances. Mm-hmm. So the circumstances are the neutral facts of the situation. And then we have thoughts based on that. When we think, my gosh, I'm so overwhelmed, or this is just so much, or I can't take another day of this. We're compounding the original kind of root feeling of it feeling uncomfortable. So, and that's not to say that we should you know, make everything pleasant and enjoyable. Life is supposed to be a very big mix of the whole spectrum of experiences. Totally. Many of us are in a drag. Many of us are in a valley. Many of us are feeling the slog of this ongoing pandemic. And we're also getting a lot of messages from the world of like, oh, this is 2022, like, you know, 2020 T-O-O and, and, you know, it's wine o'clock and all of the, all of the messages that validate our feelings of exhaustion and compound them. So there's a, there's a lot to talk about in terms of how to help yourself out of that. And I think that it's a good place to start with an honest look at where you feel you are, where you think you are. I always ask my clients, what are the top three feelings you're, you're most in right now this week? And most people don't even know what feelings are, just to, right. be, just to define it for your audience. A feeling is a vibration in your body. Mm-hmm. 
So they're one word. What are your three feelings right now? Like what are your top three feelings right now? Exhaustion, fear, stress. Burnout, anxiety, and hope actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I like that. Can I do a quick little thing with you? And maybe this will be helpful for your audience too. Yeah. So let's process those feelings. Let's take, let's just start with one of them. The way you process a feeling is you find it in your body. So you can close your eyes, you can just sit still, but let's locate where that sensation of anxiety, we're going to start with anxiety, where the sensation of anxiety lives in your body. And I want you to tell me where you feel it in your body. My shoulders. Okay. Okay. My stomach feels like just in a knot. Okay. So stay with that for a second. I want you to just like pull up a chair next to this feeling as if it's a friend in pain, just sit with it for a second. And I want you to start to experience it in your body. Is there a weight to it? I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You don't have to answer them all, but is there a weight to it? Is it moving or growing or shrinking? Is it tight or is it heavy? Does it have texture to it? Is it prickly or electric? Is there a color to it or a temperature? Is it hot or cold? Does it hurt? What's the sensation of it? What is the vibration of it? And as you're focusing on it, is it shifting? Is it dissipating? Is it growing? Can you breathe into it? Once you're aware of it, see if you can take a breath into the center of it and exhale. We spend our lives avoiding that very sensation because we think that we're going to be so uncomfortable with it that it has to be avoided and we have to run for snacks or scroll Facebook or Instagram or go shopping or take a glass of Chardonnay or Netflix for five hours because we are afraid to process our emotions. And so... If we can learn how to become emotionally fluent in our body, that's like the first step in becoming unstuck Mm -hmm. because stuck is actually a thought in our brain. Stuck isn't actually a feeling. Stuck is a thought that we're stuck. The feeling under that might be frustration, fear, anxiety, despair. Those are the feelings in the body. The Mm -hmm. thought in the head is I'm stuck. So when you can process despair, rejection, failure, all of the negative feelings that are just part of our human experience, then you can start to move through them a lot more. You can start to actually become more pliable. You untighten that knot Mm -hmm. and you can start to look around and be like, Hey, you know what? If I can process rejection, shame, Mm -hmm. guilt, fear, Mm -hmm. then maybe I can look for this next job. Maybe I can be open to single parenting. Maybe I can have a little bit more faith in whatever I thought I would was stuck about. Right. Children in my relationship, I think are like the smallest part of driving that feeling. It's all yes. the other variable pieces around it. I yes. find a lot of like solace and gratitude and comfort in the relationship with my partner and my kids. Mm-hmm. And certainly I understand that this is a phase that we are going through as a family with my, my five month old not sleeping, like those things will change. So at least from the body of work that I do on a day to day and speaking to families and talking to parents, I think a lot of the stuck feeling, and maybe I think a lot of people find comfort in some of the things that you just said is it is fear of change. The course of action to get unstuck is some a path that a lot of people don't want to go. They can't reverse having children. They may want to separate from their life partner, but don't have the courage to do so. 
how, how would you speak to the parents who are listening? Because our audience is predominantly parents who may not feel uh, stuck to the same variable issues that I'm having, but feeling stuck within the interpersonal relationships of their life and not knowing, and maybe thinking that the solution is something that they don't want to actually take on. Yeah. I think that's a great question. And I want people to know that this is a really common problem. I think the numbers, I did a, a search recently, 75 to 80% of the people right now feel stuck. Like this is a oh, yeah. massive, oh, three, only three in 10 people report being remotely happy with their lives. There's mm-hmm. like, I think it's up to 79% or something like that of people who feel trapped in their routine, whether that's parenting or their work or their lack of work or whatever it is. So there's, we are experiencing in our history, just a record amount of uncertainty and fear mm-hmm. and feeling stuck. Like really, I would define it as having limiting thoughts unexpressed emotions and inconsistent action, which is a really complicated way of just saying, thinking you can't handle something, feeling a negative emotion about it. And then of course, not taking any action around it because <laughs> you're because of that emotion. And that's really in coaching. That's what we work with. So there is something called the model, which was created by a life coach named Brooke Castillo. She runs the life coach school what I think is so brilliant about the model is it helps people give a, it gives you a framework to break down what's going on in your life. So I'm going to talk you through it, if that's okay. Please. And we kind of started to do it already. So the, there are circumstances in life and circumstances are facts. They are indisputable, non-subjective facts. They could be a sentence out of somebody's mouth. They could be, you know, the fact that you have your child woke up at 5 a.m. They could be the fact that you had four hours of sleep. They could be the fact that you've been unemployed for two years, whatever it is, that is a fact. And it is neutral. It is a neutral fact. There are some people whose child would wake up at 5 a.m. and they would think, thank God I'm the parent who can be there for them. Right. And there's other people who would be like, I can't handle waking up at 5 a.m. anymore. So again, the circumstance is neutral. We have a thought about the circumstance, which determines our experience of it. So the thought is a sentence in our brain. A thought is we have to fix this baby. (laughs) You have to learn how to sleep through the night. Right. The thought is I love that I finally have a baby. Like I'm in for it. Like whatever your thought is, it creates your circum. It creates your experience of the circumstance. Once we have a thought, we move basically from the head to the, to the body. So we have a feeling from that thought. So let's just do an example of it. So let's say your baby wakes up at 5am. That's the circumstance. Your thought is what? Hopelessness, despair, frustration. What was it? The feeling was empathy. Um, And I was feeling really bad for my wife who I know. And I was feeling like the stress of her. I really was like, oh my God, this poor girl. Cause she'd been like feeding him all night. Yes. Um, And so I was just like, I got to get up. Like the action was definitely driven from the empathetic thought of like, I got to show up better for my partner. Okay. Um, So, so actually the, that is also the thought. So why is this happening? I have to show up better for my partner is your thought in that moment. Yeah. Baby crying, yeah. baby crying at 4.30 yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Why is this happening? I better show up for my partner. Empathy and you get up. The action, so then circumstance, thought, feeling, and then we take action or we avoid taking action based on that feeling. So your action was you got up and the yeah. result was you showed empathy for your partner. 
Yeah, she got to sleep for two more hours till our other yeah. son woke up, which is great. Our results, the result that you yeah. created in that moment reflected yeah. your thought. Yeah. Do you see that? Do you see the totally. connection? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's great. Okay. It's a great framework. So this is a great framework because yeah. you can plug anything into That's it. That's right. And, right. and you can start anywhere in that model and figure the rest of it out. So you're if you're feeling overwhelmed, plug in with the feeling overwhelmed and then figure out what's the thought that's causing yeah. this overwhelm. Yeah, if you're feeling resentful, so that's many parents right. are feeling resentful because what is resentful? It is not unexpressed boundaries that's right. that we aren't enforcing for ourselves. That's they should right. have known. They don't, I'm, I'm doing everything for everyone. So resentment and what's the thought tied to that resentment? Same thing with feeling stuck. Put stuck into the feeling line. What's the thought around yeah. feeling stuck? Why, what is the sentence in your brain that is causing the feeling of stuck? And I, I can share some of the myths around why we, we think we're stuck or about why we get stuck. I mean, there are so many reasons. We are in information overload right now. We look at, for instance, most of us look at Instagrams. Let's say it's about three and a half inches on your screen. We yeah. look at the height of the empire of the uh, Statue of Liberty in images a day on Instagram alone. What? That's inc- yeah. We scroll <laughs> the height <laughs> with our finger. We scroll the height of the Statue of Liberty every day. And our brain takes in that information. Our brain, our technology has gone past what our brain can compute at the same speed. Yeah. Yeah. So we are getting more information faster more and faster than what our brain can take. And that creates an overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it's also like this, we're all energy. I feel like everything in life is energy and we're in this state of entropy. It's just nonstop. It's Mm -hmm. overstimulated. It's everywhere. Yes. And you can do things about that. (laughs) Totally. By the way, I (laughs) I was feeling, I was feeling at the end of October, like, to be quite honest with you, I was just like, wow, I've hit my capacity. I now, I, I was someone who I would say almost arrogantly once believed like there was no limit to what I was capable of taking on, doing all these foolish thoughts and emotions to some extent. And at the end of October, I'm like, I signed up for way more than I can handle. Two kids, a startup, two different houses under construction. Like just, I was just struggling to get through the day, like struggling to find the motivation to get out of bed. And so I decided... I'm going to remove myself from the internet. Like I just need to focus on myself and heal myself mentally to prepare for 2022. And I wasn't on Instagram for 60 days. And it was by the end of the 60 day stretch, I have never felt so mentally refreshed. The other habits of my day didn't change. I still have the house projects. I still have the company. You my just kids eliminated are still alive. The, the background noise. I just simply yes. eliminated the Instagram. And I felt like I had re-fallen in touch with reality. It yeah. was crazy how, and I've, you know, someone who been on Instagram and Twitter for 15 years, like my whole entrepreneurial journey is documented there. And I'm like, this shit really does add a tremendous, like I would argue that Instagram's worse for your brain and body than alcohol. Oh, yes. I think that- Because of um, the triggers involved. And, and it, may, it may cause people to drink. It, yeah. yeah. I think that there is so much that we've acclimated to. You know, the, the story of like, if you drop a frog in boiling water, it will jump out. But if you put a frog in a pot of water and bring it up to a boil, it totally. sticks in. And I think we've all yep. stayed in as this pot of water has come up to boiling level and we're all very uncomfortable and unhappy. Totally. And we're not sure why, because everybody else is in the totally. pot with us. Right. Totally. And I mean, it just, 
it's too much. It's too much. Too so much. we have to protect our attention. Yes. This is why I this is why I, I do this. a visioning yes. course every year. I teach people how to set intentions for themselves, That's how right. they're going to spend their time, be deliberate about where they're going to give their attention so that they can achieve their goals and not just spend a year and look back and be like, well, I did a lot of scrolling on Instagram. Yeah. The reality is that um, we've gone from like companies positioning and branding themselves to people positioning and branding themselves. And so many moms specifically, I, I talk to so many moms every single day who have so much mom guilt because of what they see on Instagram. Like, oh my God, the person I'm seeing are making organic breakfast, lunch, and dinner and doing, you know, fun popsicle stick painting activities in the backyard and their house is perfectly clean and everything and everything. And and the reality is that behind the scenes, these people are immensely struggling to keep it together. And it's their business to portray themselves as a mom influencer or somebody who's having this incredibly polished life, but it's so far from reality. And I think that's actually... Yeah, <laughs> I think it's driving people into the mud of being stuck where you're like, I can't keep so up let's with just all break of that this. Down. Let's just break that down yeah. with the model for a second. The circumstance is there's a mom on Instagram making baby food from scratch. That's the yeah. circumstance. Growing her own vegetables. <laughs> what is your thought about that circumstance? Some people are thinking that's ridiculous. Who has yep. time for that? And some people are like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. That's and right. People who think maybe I should be doing that then have a thought of less than, then take an action of feeling badly about themselves in some way, and then create the result of being less than. That's right. Our thoughts, I cannot say this enough, like our thoughts are, we, and which is great news, our thoughts are creating our results. And the good news is that we have absolute power over our thoughts. Once we take inventory of our thoughts, once we become aware of what we're thinking, and we have like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, so I'm not suggesting becoming aware of all of them, but like, let's, let's really focus on what we believe here about ourselves, what we believe about what's possible for our life. Let's focus on what, what we believe we want, and then let's be intentional around it and figure out why we're not getting that. If we're feeling stuck, the first thought to have is to stop thinking that. Mm-hmm. Like, let's think, instead of I feel stuck or I am stuck, let's, let's throw that thought in the trash and let's instead mm-hmm. think, I'm figuring this out. I mm-hmm. am capable of figuring this out. I mm-hmm. believe this will sort itself out. I believe everything is solvable. These are all far more helpful thoughts than I feel stuck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There's this quote that Buddha had said, what we think we become. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you are a victim to your thoughts, mm-hmm. then you're stuck. But if you mm-hmm. really have the power to manage them, then then you're not, then you're not anymore. I do want to backtrack and understand how you got into this line of work, because I feel like all entrepreneurs are problem solvers at the core. Was there a moment in your life where you felt stuck and realized this is my calling? Yes. So I've been running the mother company for a long time with my business partner, Sam, and we... Our mission was helping parents raise good people through that. And while I was running the company, I had a moment, and this is the, actually the reason why I also became a coach. I had a moment of deep challenge. A family member died, um, not unexpectedly, but a family member died and it sent other family members in my close vicinity into a spiral, a mental health issue spiral. It was really challenging. I don't think that there's enough talk 
in the world about partners of people with mental illness. Um, it's mm-hmm. a challenge that is a, a silent challenge for so many. And mm-hmm. I felt incredible empathy and concern. And I felt resentment and stuck. And within a matter of weeks, I felt like my life became unrecognizable from what I had planned mm-hmm. it to be. And so I'm juggling a company. I had two little kids at the time. I had, you know, all sorts of issues around the death of this family that had to be dealt with this family member. And I couldn't figure out what to do. And my, I felt like my choices were very limited in what I could do. I felt just completely stuck. That's what it feels like. It was just a dark, solid blockage. Mm-hmm. And the, my answer to it was to learn. So I started Googling how to change your life. And I started learning mm-hmm. about mindset. And I started learning about manifestation and learning about change behavior and human design and habit breaking and forming and coaching and psychology. And like all of these things I started learning about. And I put together a program for myself using these techniques that I was learning. And that's, and I I called a friend and I said, could you just spend 24 hours with me? Let's go to a hotel. Just like, I didn't even have the resources to do that. And I was like, I'm going to just like remove myself from this situation for 24 hours so I can think and plan and come up with an idea for me to move forward. And um, she came with me and we started doing these brainstorms and Um, you know, prepping our mind for different things and exercises and stretches and challenges and mind shifts and all of these things. And within three months, I started putting it in plan. Within three months, my entire life had changed. Like it actually worked. And so I kept honing that practice every year and doing it. And every New Year's Day, I would go away for 24 hours with this friend. We've done it now nine years in a row. And we plan for the year ahead. And Listen, there's always unexpected things the universe throws at us, but because we have these tools, mm-hmm. we can be nimble about it and we mm-hmm. can expect the 50% of life that's going to be nonstop challenge. And we can expect the Mercury's in retrograde and we can expect mm-hmm. all of the unexpected things and, and be in our integrity to manage them. Mm-hmm. And so because I was having so much success with that, I mean, I, I won the Emmy because I, I put that in the beginning of my year list. I everything was incredible that I was able to achieve with it. And so I started teaching my friends and that's how the visioning course came to be. And that's how after 2020, I taught a hundred people that, and then, you know, the world closes down in March and 50 of them called me and they're like, okay, now what? (laughs) And so I started this kind of like group zoom for everybody who had taken my visioning course of like, let's get through this. Let's Mm -hmm. figure out who we want to be when we're looking back at this. Let's figure out big picture stuff here. What of your you know, goals can you still be doing? What feels of value and integrity to you? And let's keep moving forward with this new circumstance. That's great. Do you do vision boards? And is that something? Yeah. I think that we need to be visually reminded of our goals. But before we do a vision board, I think that we need to really do like an inventory of where we are and where we want to be. And I really, in my course, I really encourage people to take a whole hearted look at their lives, not just put goals around work or just around family, but around their whole thing. So I, Mm. I ask people to make goals in five areas of their life. And that is me slash health work slash finances, friendships and relationships, family, our physical home, and then a bucket list. So by the end of the year, you haven't just completed whatever one goal you've been thinking of in January, but that you've created a whole good life for yourself. You know about the the good life, like how to have a good life. I love talking about this. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, get into it. <laughs> I know, yeah, I don't know anything. I, I, I feel I live a good life. I don't know anything about the, the book so you, or practice. You might be able life. to recognize why you live a good life from this. And this this work, actually, there is a podcast about the Good Life Project. Mm. But there, and this, this work comes from that. So um, it's Jonathan Fields' work. So three buckets. There's one bucket, which is the vitality bucket. And the vitality bucket is how healthy you are mentally, emotionally, physically, your sense of possibility and awareness. Then there's the connection bucket, and that is how you're connected to the people that you're around, however you would define family, how you're connected to your community, to yourself, how mm-hmm. you feel. Do you feel connected to yourself? Do you know what you want and don't want? And then how you feel connected to a larger community, uh, to, to a larger sense of awareness. So whether that's God or the universe or the spirit or ancestors, something larger than yourself, that's the second bucket. And the third bucket is contribution. What do you feel you're contributing to the world? How is the world changing because of you? That could be a contribution to somebody in your family. That could be a contribution to an organization. That could be a contribution through your work somehow. But in order to have a good life, those three buckets generally need to be replenished regularly. Yes, 100%. And what happens when we become sick, for instance, and a lot of people right now are struggling with COVID. One of those buckets, in that case, the vitality bucket will drain, self-drain very quickly. And when it self-drains, it pulls the other buckets down too. Because when you're sick, you can't be contributing. You can't be connecting, right? Mm-hmm. So when, Or when you have a mental health crisis, as I did in my family, my vitality bucket drained and I didn't recognize my life within a very short period of time. That's kind of when we're in go mode, like we're in triage mode of like fixing the the leak in the bucket and figuring out how to put a stop to that, how to get better. And then we have to figure out how to replenish that bucket. But some of us work, you know, and and exist where we don't feel like we have a connection bucket. We feel very detached or alone in our lives, or we, even if we're living with other people, Mm -hmm. or we feel like we're not contributing anything from our lives. And so that's where working with a coach or a therapist or a group or reading books or listening to podcasts or figuring it out really is important. Yes. The unspoken thing is that it is work. You do have to invest in these things. It's not going to just naturally present itself. All relationships either with yourself or with other people require a certain level of maintenance and effort. Yes. We replenish our, 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 life, our good life buckets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Is there reading material that has inspired you or something that you think like our audience as a whole would benefit yeah, from? Sure. I, I am a big fan of, po- I think, so I'm ADHD and I'm dyslexic. So books for me have always been really Tough. challenging, yeah. but what's interesting is I made the goal for myself last year of reading more. And so I have a stack of books by my bed and I just read like three or four pages a day or every yeah. other day or every few days. And I get through them. But I also love audiobooks and podcasts. The books that I would recommend right now, there's three I love. One is How to Have a Good Life by Jonathan Fields. And he also has a podcast. And I really love, I mean, he just basically summarizes the entire book in his podcast, I think, of January 2021. He just had like a special on summarizing that. I also really like um, a book by Dr. Amy Morin, 13 Things a Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Dr. Amy Morin, because I think that that outlines all sorts of things that we can just check ourselves with of like, oh, am I a control freak? Am I a people pleaser? Am I <laughs> living right. in my past right. and replaying that? That's really helpful. 
I also really like there's a great quiz that you can take to gain more self-awareness and it's on positiveintelligence.com and it's a quiz about our saboteurs and it really is a very simple quiz. I think it's maybe like 50 questions and you answer it, maybe 25 questions, you answer them really quickly. Um, It gives you a readout of what's holding you back Mm. in your mind. What Mm. part of you is holding yourself back? And there's 10 saboteurs and you will recognize them. It's incredibly accurate. And it gives you information on why those have appeared. You know, all of our saboteurs are basically coping mechanisms that we've put in place to feel safe at a time in our life when we were vulnerable. I'm sorry, what was that URL again? So the it's positiveintelligence.com. Okay. It's uh, work by a professor out of Stanford, I believe. His name is um, Shirzad Shamain. And I really, I took his course last year and I thought, I thought it was excellent. Um, and then I also really love the, the podcast Hidden Brain on NPR because it talks about the way we think, mm-hmm. everything from why apologies matter to the power of forgiveness to one fascinating episode about men and friendships, just really great storytelling and research combined. Amazing. Incredible really resources. Great. Well, how can we um, not only learn these tools, but teach our kids and, you know, Michael and I have infants, toddlers, how to do it. And then, you know, you have adolescents, Abby. So like, how do we uh, tailor it for each age group so that yeah. they, they know how to do this stuff? So my kid is about to leave for college, which is really a, a, a wow. parent gut check. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you're looking at a grown human and you're like, did I do it? Was Did this turn out okay? Yeah. Is everything going to yeah. work out? Is she going to do that? Yeah. Thankfully for me, the answer 100% is yes. I think that we can't raise good humans without checking ourselves first and without working on ourselves first. So I think that the most responsible thing for parents who are struggling or even just not struggling is, is to make sure that you have support, whether that's with a partner or a coach or a team or a group of friends or whatever, but you have to have support and you have to be able to share the vulnerable moments that are you're going through and get help around them. We cannot know everything before we do it. We yeah. have to do it badly and then figure out how to recover from that. So the other thing is to model what it looks like to be an imperfect human. I think so many parents are focused on the perfect experience and preventing our child from frustration or pain or um, anxiety. And that is the fastest road to creating an anxious, incapable human. (laughs) Mm. If our children aren't recovering from their own frustration on a daily basis, we aren't doing them any favors. We should stop doing as many things for our kids as we do. Like I realize that my 11-year-old doesn't know how to make his luncheon. Like that's that's done now. Like he's making his lunch every day. Like I am, and he's making it imperfectly, and he's smearing peanut butter on the counter. And I am like, you go, kiddo, you go, keep going. You're going to get better at this because it's the same muscle that we have when we are learning something, and it instills confidence. And we want to make sure that they are capable humans. So whether that's capability around making a sandwich or whether that's capability of feeling awful about something and recovering from it, it's it's the same skill. It's such an art because I think that that one is a balance massively from like allowing for the birdie to fly the nest versus like wanting to bring it the worm. It's so, so, so hard. Your instinct and your gut is like, take care of this 
thing, you know, get up and make it lunch. <laughs> yes. Or, yes. So I totally agree. And, and I'm a bit, I feel like I should have a big flag being like nuance, <laughs> make America yeah. nuanced again. Yeah. I, I, I want there to be a balance of the soft squishiness and the, you've got this kiddo, you can do yeah. this. Yeah, that's right. And here's, here are mm-hmm. some questions that you can ask your kid when they come to you. How do I figure out how to deal with this thing? Well, how do you think you should deal with it? How would you solve this problem? Right. What happens if, like, what ideas do you have around this? Also, right. talk to them about their emotional literacy. How did that make you feel? What's that vibration in your body? How does right. sad feel different than anger? What does frustration feel like? We did a show through the mother company called Ruby Studio, The Feeling Show. It's available for free on Amazon Prime. It's a fantastic show. We did the safety show, the sibling show, the feeling show, the friendship show, four amazing pieces of content that you can show your little ones. I would say anywhere between 18 months and seven um, that help them develop this emotional literacy, Mm. that help them develop skills, understand how to get along with their siblings, that help them. I mean, we taught children the word conflicted. Wow. (laughs) Like this is the... I'm so proud of these shows. They, this is what won the yeah. Emmy for us. This is These shows are incredible. They hold up. They've taught generation of kids the word frustrated. Mel Brooks does a segment on feeling frustrated. It's an animated segment about Sally Simon Simmons had a super frustrating day. It's done in rhyme. It's so fun. So Ruby Studio on Amazon Prime is a great resource for kids to start that language. The show's called The Feeling Show? I'm sorry. That's the episode. Yeah. So the series okay. is called Ruby Studio and the episode is The Feeling Show and it's fantastic. Great. I wrote the songs. I co-wrote, I co-wrote the songs. Wow. You That's kinda, so cool. You kind of you got a little, you know, many little tricks in that bag. Coach, songwriter, <laughs> Emmy winner. I believe in living a full life. Yeah, you, you, I've got, we've all got one shot at this life and I'm going to make it for me as big it. as humanly possible. That's it. There's only one yes. ticket, right? There's no, That's it. This there's is no all we second got. ride. Yeah. I, <laughs> I believe in that. I believe in that deeply. Which is why I put the bucket list on the visioning course, because you have to have like those pie in the sky, like in a perfect scenario, where, what would I do? Where would I go? Who would I be? What would I experience in my life? Yes. Oh, wow. So my thinking about visioning board is first, you need to take inventory of where you are in your life and, and create the list of, you know, goals in each category. And then you can create the vision board. I don't think it can go from the visual to the goals you have to actually because you're looking at you're looking at images that aren't yours to create so i actually want it to come from your brain and then you can use canva or pinterest or whatever to create the images that you want but like flipping through magazines for me might be a way to perpetuate diet culture or you know some kind of comparison culture that is not going to be helpful for you so my vision board is and and i want it you know, I used to work for Martha Stewart. So I want it to be a visually pleasing thing that you look at every day. So I put, you know, feathers and gems and all sorts of things on my vision board that are gorgeous. And then I write quotes on it and I put maps of where I want to travel to and I have, you know, money goals on it and it's just beautiful. And I I sit, I have it across from my desk. So I look at it all day long, but that's my thought about vision boards. Be inspired by it. Don't feel dragged by it when my husband and I were family planning and um, I had my own journey, I actually had an ectopic pregnancy and I feel like that was my lowest of the low on my vision board. Lo and behold, there was a magazine photo in fact of a pink booty and a blue booty. And, you know, it was just kind of there lingering in the background, but a year after that I gave birth to 
a boy and a girl, twins. And I just was like, did I manifest this? I, I just, so I, I think they're so powerful. And my favorite thing about teaching people about manifestation is that, yes, the universe does work in remarkable ways, but most of the time you have to be able to have the vision of it Mm -hmm. and imagine you in that moment and then do some work to get it. Right. That's right. So had you and your husband not ever been procreating, you wouldn't have a pink and a blue booty. Sure. <laughs> you did yeah. the work to get there. Yeah. Yeah. The universe <laughs> responded. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. It, it's definitely um, this culmination of mindset of work plus and... action equals results. And that's whether you're stuck or whether you're in flow mindset plus action equals results. That's going on my board. <laughs> this formula helpful. right here. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. the right mindset is the, is the challenge. And that's where the model comes in. I think the hardest thing is combating because you brought up compounding media, social, all these different things. And so any on, in the world of formulas and vision boards and all the wisdom that you've, you've dropped, how would you tell someone? Because I think that so much of our mindset is being cultivated by what we're hearing and seeing. The narrative right now is generally very negative. And so you almost feel like, a fish out of water feeling positive because everyone else around you is not doing so great. And the media makes the world seem like it's you know, coming unhinged. How would you, um, are any tooling or thoughts around how people would combat what is out there in the world? Yeah. I think that that's a great point. And I do think that we are, we can't negativity is contagious and so is positivity. And I think that, some of us feel crazy having great days in these circumstances, or we feel guilty because everybody else is suffering or struggling. And I don't think it helps for us to jump in the boat with the strugglers. I think that right. we, have to, we have the responsibility to keep ourselves afloat and right. to keep swimming. And even if sometimes that feels like against the current. And so one of the things that I think is really important is to manage how much you consume versus how much you create. And consuming is the easier of the two. It expends less energy and it is more pleasurable often. And, but creating is where you get your um, inspiration and is where you get to put your flag in the ground and establish who you are. And before you can even create, you have to get still. And I think that we don't allow for quiet anymore. We don't allow for stillness. We don't allow for reflection we're constantly being fed images and information and ex- have expectations around that. And so I know this sounds so cliche, but I believe if you can't do any kind of meditation, and I couldn't for years, but I started last year. And again, ADHD brain, I was like, this is crazy. It's never going to work for me. It doesn't work for me. I started with 10 minutes a day working with Unplug Meditation app. They have a new 10-minute meditation every morning and every evening. And when I couldn't do that, I would just practice a second or two of mindfulness. So throwing your, I did this with my daughter last night. She was very anxious. Throw your attention to what you can hear right now. What's the furthest sound that you can hear? And then throw your attention to what's the closest sound can you hear? Can you hear your heartbeat? Just get still for a second. Just circuit break the insanity. Plug it out for a second or unplug, I guess, for a second break the spiral, and then be intentional about where you want to go next. We have such a limited amount of time in our lives. 
I would bet that most of us don't want to look back year after year and think, I spent a lot of time scrolling Instagram or watching Netflix or consuming information from other people and other companies. What did I do with my time? And so again, the visioning course helps people answer that question. And you can do it on recording or you can do it live with me on Saturday, however you want, or you can get a coach or you can work with a friend or you can find a mastermind. It doesn't have to be the answer, but like do something, take an action to help you get unstuck. One little action after the next, like we feel stuck because we're looking at the entire staircase, focus on the first step. That's so profound. Um, Abby, tell our listeners where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Instagram, Abby Schiller Coaching. And you can find me on my website, abbyschiller.com. That's A-B-B-I-E-S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Um, I've got lots of free resources for people who come there. I have 10 steps to happiness guide. I have a, I have a webinar on getting unstuck and we do courses throughout the year. I do one-on-one coaching. I really believe that everything is solvable and that we just sometimes have to learn how to get out of our own way to be open to what's possible. Thanks for listening to today's episode with Abby. I am sure you got some great takeaways from her sage advice. Tune in to other episodes of What Matters Most with Maple only on That's Total Mom Sense. And you can visit thatstotalmomsense.com and growwithmaple.com to learn more about this series and the Maple app. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can visit my link, thatstotalmomsense.com backslash iTunes, and you'll be directed to the show and you can leave your review right there. It really, really helps a lot. If you have any suggestions for show topics or guests who should be on this show that you think Michael and I should speak to, please email me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Remember, always trust your mom's sense and your dad's sense. Stay strong, super parents. We'll see you next time.